Coaches Off The Cuff podcast with me, your host, Michelle Walker. This podcast is for anyone who wants to gain first-rate information on how to achieve your dream body. I want to expand your understanding on the health and fitness industry. This podcast will feature fitness professionals and we will delve into everything you need to know about health, nutrition, exercise and something I'm passionate about, bodybuilding and bro science. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Right, okay, so morning Tom. This is honestly amazing to have you on board. I'm so excited about this because... Thank you. Yeah, I'm such a geek with the bodybuilding industry and I know you are and I know that you're massively well-respected. So thank you so much for coming on Coaches Off The Cuff. Um, no yeah, no we're just going to have a good old chat. So do you want to start off and introduce yourself and your connection with bodybuilding? I'm so intrigued to find out. Yeah, so sort of like how I got into the sport? Yeah. Okay, so when I was um, so when I was younger, I used to play a lot of sport myself. I didn't really know anything about bodybuilding as such. Like I'd you, you'd seen sort of bigger muscular dudes occasionally, but I didn't really think anything of it or whatever. Uh, I got into training um, around sort of fourteen, fifteen, uh, just little bits and bobs, just because I used to play a lot of sports. So I did karate um and swimming um and a little bit of rugby at school and then i needed to get a bit stronger and a bit bigger because all of the, the guys in my sort of class were doing it so i started doing a few weights at home i wasn't really doing anything seriously it was my dad's weight set and the weights went up to something like 14 kilos or whatever so i just ended it's like the spin lock dumbbells so i just used those in my bedroom and i was just doing like full body workouts like probably like three or four times a week um and then i got into it a bit more seriously um and my, one of my buddies was training his dad had a, a shed like a like a, um, a horse box mm-hmm. like a horse shed thing and he had loads, like loads of weight kit in there like a like a stable thing so we went in there we were just bench pressing and deadlifting and and squatting and you had a smith machine in there so we did a lot of barbell rows and stuff on that um and you know just a few dumbbells and things and we just we just tried to get like a lot sort of a lot stronger over it was over like a six weeks holidays of summer and i actually started putting a bit of muscle on got into training a bit more went to a gym eventually like a bodybuilding gym um after training at a leisure center for a bit got into it a bit more seriously started paying attention to my new food a bit more just trying to eat as many calories in a day as i could within reason and like a certain amount of protein and that's all i really did then i put on a bit of muscle started looking a bit better sort of left sports behind over time mm-hmm. um and then just grew, you know i just grew and, and got a bit better then i decided i wanted to do a, a competition um, and I used to, but this is before Facebook was really big for bodybuilding stuff. Um, Instagram was about all of this. So I used to go on forums like bodybuilding forums and I would just pick up loads of information from there. Yeah. Um, and I would get into, so I, I did, did a, pro, a program, a training program. I did it for two years solid. It was a program by a guy called, um, uh, oh God, his internet handle was like big A. And it was, it was like low volume, Mike Metz, uh, um, Dorian Yates style sort of wow. workout. You'd go in for 45 minutes, three times a week and you'd get out and then you'd get out, that's it. Then you're done. And, he, and it was like, and it was the, the, the diet recommendation was eat as much protein in a day as you possibly can. Eat as much carbs and fats in a day as you possibly can. If you start getting too fat, pull back on the carbs and fats, but keep eating the protein. <laughs> and that was it. It was like, it was like, based, like, it was like, it was simple. But I went from, um, I, I remember going up to about sort of, uh, about 15 stone sort of eight whatever that is i was about that sort of weight um by the end of it all and my mates were all saying oh you you're on steroids you're this you're that and i was like no i'm completely natural like i wasn't taking anything at the time yeah um and i and i put on like loads and loads of muscle um 
just from doing that. And I, all my mates were like, you're only in the gym for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm actually doing yeah. what I need to do. I'm getting in. I'm hitting it. I'm going training hard. I'm doing my, my push workout, which was like two chest exercises, two delt exercises, one tricep. And then I'd walk out of the gym. I wasn't there to talk. I wasn't there to fuck around and do extra bits with my mates. Yeah. I just went home to go and eat. And I would go home and eat like whatever my mum had in the fridge. I would just like tear through it. Um, so and it, was it worked. Like, yeah. And I, I put on a good amount of muscle and I actually stayed relatively trim because I was doing a bit of, I was doing swimming still. So I was swimming three times a week. I was going cycling once a week and I was doing um, a little bit of running with my dad here and there because I, w- I was doing triathlon at the time, but I still managed to put a good amount of muscle on just from doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, then I decided to do my first ever show at 18 years old. And I di- I'm such a fucking idiot. I dieted for six weeks for it. I did a six week prep. Because I, I, I read that someone had done a six week prep for a show and they were like, uh, like I, I can't remember where I read it and I thought well I only need six weeks then and I did six weeks and I, but I didn't really prep hard at all I prepped like an idiot I was like I didn't really know what I was doing I just stopped eating like carbs and uh, fats and stuff um but but then I would end up fucking my diet like every three or four days I'd be like oh I just I, I can get away with this I can eat this I can eat this as the fucking idiot and I ended up doing uh NABBA as a junior um 18 years old and i was natural at that time and i went on stage and i like i got backstage and i was like, looking at the dude who was going to win this guy called dan i believe his name was and he was just fucking jacked and i was like well this is this was really stupid of me <laughs> like i was like i like literally walked past him and i goes you're gonna win this mate like i literally said to him i was like you're gonna win like no one else is even near you <laughs> um so it was like three, it was like five of us on stage or four of us and like i got dead last and like the others were all natural as well and then this one dude who was was taking stuff and he smoked us um it's a non-tested fed we were pretty thick to, to go in there like without but basically so we did that and then um stepped away from that decided like i wanted to carry on with bodybuilding and then over the years just got into it more and more so obviously like started training more seriously for my competitions and off season and stuff went for it went for another one i did that show two years later and i won it that time but then i and then i did a few more i've done pca and i won that as a junior so i've just done a few sort of junior shows and then i went into then i haven't really competed too much since then because i've just been focusing more on my clients because i seem to get more enjoyment out of watching them compete and like when i first started coaching like like i had like three people i was working with like three clients like that was it really? um yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like, and they were, but they were mates, and they weren't. I wasn't, I wasn't even charging them. I was just looking after them for free, and I would just help them. And the first guy I ever prepped won both of his classes at a show, and then was uh, got second in the overall. And I was like, cool. So this is a good start. Um, and then, and then it was like from there. Then I helped um, his friend uh, Molly, Molly Isaacs. Mm-hmm. So helped her. Um, she won pretty much everything she did, um, the Saxon and stuff. And then people started to be like paying a little bit more attention because I, I did get a lot of stick when I was so young coaching people. I was about 20, I was about 21, 21, 22 when I started helping people. Wow. And, and back then, back then, like five years ago, like if you were, you like there was only like 10 or 12 coaches in the UK. Like that was it. Like, and if you weren't one of them, you weren't respected. Like if you said you're a coach, they were like, fuck off. No, you're not. Like, and I w- was like, I want to do this. Like, I want to help people. I want to be at that level. And now, like, without tooting my horn, I've completely overtook some of them fuckers. Like, they're, they're fucking old. They're dinosaurs. They're left in the fucking dark ages. Like, you know, so they are. They're, they're fucking old yeah. school. They don't know what they're on about now. But, like, you exactly. know, so going forward. Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, exactly. I totally agree with you. But yeah. People that don't... They wouldn't give you the- they wouldn't give you the time of the day. They wouldn't, yeah. they, they were like, oh, you went behind the ears. You don't know what you're doing. You, people think you're a joke when you say you've got clients and stuff. And eventually it started picking up and I ended up having like 
you know, 12, 13 people over time that were actually paying me. And then I decided, okay, well, I can do this full time now and I don't have to work my job in security. So I've been that off um, after three years working as a bouncer, which was way too long. Um, so did that. And then, yeah, and then coaching has just basically evolved from there. So it went from like maybe like 20 clients up to I'm at 80 now and I'm capped to 80. I, I don't take anyone else on because I, I can't, I phys- like I've literally got a board behind me. Um, <laughs> on it i literally can't i've got a waiting list at the bottom like i literally can't take anyone else on so it's crazy how it develops over time but i think it's i think if you stick to it and you just literally don't give up like people are going to give up at this point with the amount of coaches that are coming out these days um and you know doing lifestyle coaching and all this sort of shit like you need to literally just don't fucking give up just keep soldiering on and keep digging as best as you can and continuously deliver results because if, when you stop delivering results people start thinking you're a fucking joke like i had one or two clients when i first started who just did dreadful at shows and it did make me think like well am i am i not good enough at this then but then I, you just you just ignore it and just keep going basically um, I yeah. actually and and really appreciate that it, you know it is it is tough for us coaches yeah um, you know and you know that's what I love doing too the competition prep and it's just fortunate unfortunate the pandemic hit of course and yeah. you know our, our shows were cancelled and stuff so it is pretty it's a difficult time at the minute and I think you're right I think if you just keep showing up and keep getting your name in there and it's not just that for me do you know what comes across with you as well Tom you're very passionate about it. It's not just about the business and the finance. Of course, it is because it puts. I could. I couldn't. I couldn't. If I was. If I made. If I made. Yeah. Two grand a month from coaching and still had this, and but I could live comfortably and have a roof over my head. Yeah. If I just made normal sort of wage over, you know, normal wage per month and everything, and just had like a normal like income and everything, I'd be. I'd still do it because I fucking love it. Like I'd still yeah. do it. You know. It, yes, yes, it can be a profitable business, but mm-hmm. it can only be profitable when you're good at it and consistently deliver results because i know this as well like if you if you bring a bikini girl to a show mm-hmm. and i see you at the show and you go oh i've got three bikini girls in it or something or two i know they're going to be in the top mix i know they're going to be in the first call out i know they're going to be somewhere around the first place right no they, they will yeah. they will it's the same as if i see jace or yeah. if i see yannick or i see callum or my buddy joe or anyone if i see them bring a client oh, oh i've got so-and-so competing oh i've got so-and-so competing i'm like i know they're going to be in the top mix because you, the, the cream of the, the crop of coaches will always sit at that top there's about yeah. 25 of us in the UK who are actually consistently good at what we do. The rest of that, the rest of 150, 300 beneath, beneath us are just the shit that is just that the, the pile beneath. And those people will eventually, if they work hard enough, climb to the top. Yeah. But it does take time to get there. So, you know, and they have to push past every other, you know, coach that's there to, to get to that bit where they start becoming, you know, consistently delivering. So. Yeah, I massively appreciate that, Tom. And it, it's nice but, to hear that you respect me in that way as well. And yeah. But, you know, again, I think I, t- well, obviously I agree with you. I think it's the passion and the drive that we've got for to do yeah. what we do. And it, there's no lying in that. Like, we're constantly, literally, we live and breathe bodybuilding. It's what we do. And we yeah. want to learn because we want to learn. Like, yeah. the things that, you you know, and it brings me on, I guess, to my next question, actually. I haven't pre-warned you for this one, but it's, it's coaches off the cuff here. But Go ahead. talking about... Are you are you more towards science or bro science with bodybuilding? So when you look at right, so when you look at bro science, when you look at things that people pick up from years and years of training mm-hmm. and years and years of doing things and trying these methods and the methods being passed down, yeah. 
what you notice is you notice similarities and patterns, you notice things like that. And what you can always go to is you can go towards bro science sort of stuff and you can usually dig it apart, pick it apart, change it, tweak it, adjust it to make it more suited to what actual science will show you. So you can take bro science stuff and usually go like, okay, so for example, right, you know when people say wear a waist trainer or make you burn fat around the middle of your stomach, right? That's bro science, that's bro science isn't it? Yeah. Okay. But if you do cardio, fasted, mm-hmm. whilst after taking some caffeine or your fat burners, if you're not natural and using fat burners, if you are doing that, fasted, do cardio, stay fasted for a period of time whilst wearing a waist trainer on, what you can do is vasodilation, so dilation of the blood vessels around that fat area, that spot area, will mean that more fat is oxidized and moved at that period of time and mobilized, sorry, mobilized, not oxidized, mobilized. So you, the, 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 if you do an hour of cardio and then you touch on the lower, lower back, it's cold. It's cold still at the bottom. That's not sweat. That's because it's not got blood vessels, enough blood vessels in there to actually get around to where the fat stores are. If you're able to dilate those a little bit more, you might be able to dig into a bit more fat stores. You may, it's, it's, it's hypothetical. It's a theory. So maybe you could do that is bro science. But then you look into it in science and you actually take it and change the actual perception of it and tweak it and adjust it. Because normally people would say, wear a waist trainer all day, you'll burn more fat. No, that's bullshit. It only works for that period of time. I've been it, asked it, that so many times. Yeah, it, but it will work in that period of time. Now, what you can do to enhance that is use your himbine or use your Combine based cream to with with cling film and then put the uh, the waist train around it. That will help dilate it. Will the combine soak in through the fat stores in those stubborn sites and be absorbed there? Possibly, possibly not. But if you're co- preparing for a show, one percent for forty quid, but a forty quid ton of your himbine cream, fifty quid ton of your himbine cream, one percent that could be the difference between third and then moving up to second. Who knows? You know. So so I think okay. So in terms of science, I appreciate it and I utilize massive amounts of it in any decision that i make when i help people when i prep people or coach people but i always bear in mind that there's a few bro sciencey things that you can take that will never ever be you'll be never be able to diminish because they are set in stone in ways mm-hmm. so there's certain things that you can but you can you can dig into them and you can change bits and bobs of them and learn little bits more about little bits about them but yeah. you can't you can't undermine them and sometimes especially for a competitive bodybuilder mm-hmm. some things just work and it's just the way it is you know so exactly i totally agree with you and i think that's why you you said before in the show that the the coaches that just are not open to change or open to learn and they're left behind because it's actually yeah. pro science that actually gets us through and gets us successful athletes because yeah yeah, it, it, it's it's a combination of the two isn't it i think yeah. sorry I, I think i think um okay so look at it like this right so if you have a coach who is totally 100 science-based never bases yeah. anything of of any actual visual visual representation of a physique right someone who is absolutely totally based on that science-based things right mm-hmm. and never has any looks into anything about what we can just see as an individual okay mm-hmm. as, as a coach with a good eye for a physique that person will get very far but they won't get to that the, 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 the last little few percentage same as a bro science coach will only get about half as far because they're not paying attention to the things that are truly actual like legitimate scientific facts they're yeah. facts you can argue, it's like, it's like my wife, you can argue with science or you, you like, same as you can argue with Harry, like, well, you're not going to be right. Like, you, you just, you're not, not going to be right. Um, so you can, you, can, you can disagree with it as much as you want. Uh, you science yeah. like your wife. It's <laughs> always right. It's always right. You can't argue with it. So. I'll absolutely love that, Tom. So 
I love bro science, me too. And I love learning about it as well. And I love learning from the likes of yourself. Like I am absolutely intrigued to hear your peak week protocols, you know. Oh yeah, you wanted to discuss that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that would be amazing. If you, you mean, I've got mine and you know what, we could pick something up and learn from each other as well. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, you know, there's no, me personally, I don't hold all my cards in one. I like to share my knowledge and I know yeah. you're the same and that is the way us coaches grow. And like you yeah. said, and, and, and it's all well and good knowing how to do something, but being able to actually demonstrate it on a physique and be actually able to make it and adjust it as the plan goes forward. I, I can tell you what I do for a peak now and you can be like, oh, that's cool. But you, with, with all due to you wouldn't probably be able to replicate it in exactly the same fashion. You would do your own version. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. sometimes there's changes that need to be made. Um, OK, so. Yes, I'll run, I run you through how I would normally say Yeah, just like generally, obviously, we have kind of a general one, don't we? And then individually, it depends on the person and what works. I mean, I personally liked, I prefer to practice a mock peak week. Yeah, and, always. And I, I like to, I'm sure you're the same, but getting your, yeah. when your athletes are ready because they're, when you've got a really committed athlete and you can do this with them, you I like to get them ready early. If we're on the third, last three weeks or something, boom, let's do a mock peak week because guess what? We'll refeed them. It'll benefit us anyway, and we'll still chip away body fat tissue. We get to learn what's worked. I tend to don't like to go in with, you know, with not knowing. So do you kind of practice the same thing or... So what I do for my for, so for peaks. So if they are ready early, then yeah, we'll have a go. If they if 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 them being ready and then doing a peak is going to throw them psychologically, then we 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 don't bother with it. If if it, if it's better to just save it right into the bitter end and just do the peak as norm, then we do the peak as norm. But if they are ready early, then we will make adjustments. If they are not, if say they're doing multiple shows and at the first one they're not one hundred percent, we probably won't do anything to peak. We'll probably just run them in on their normal daily diet and maybe just put an extra fifty or sixty grams of carbs in. Maybe maybe bit more for a big bloke the day before the show and then just step them on stage and hopefully that's enough to, to demonstrate you know a good enough look it, it, that is probably what I would do if someone is just literally like 90% there 95% there okay but when you're there and when you're flat you're depleted you're ready to rock for a peak so what I would normally do so training wise I would normally do um say the show's on a Saturday okay so we would go Monday Tuesday Wednesday um training as as like say maybe like a chest day a back day a delt day mm -hmm. um and then and then on the day the Thursday we would do arms fasted in the morning training on waking um then we would start the carb load from that point so we would start it with an intra workout drink so that your body's like, be a bit more insulin sensitive yeah. after you've trained anyway so you can start putting the carbs in then that would be the last training session however if they have a weaker body part so say it's like say their back's week, we would change the split so that they finish on the, with the back day so that then they can start carving around that sort of point there so they can feel it a little bit better so it's a bit more insulin sensitive. It's not going to make a huge amount of difference, but it could help a little bit. Then what we do is, you know, obviously, so that's the training setup. So it would be like three or four days of training and then maybe, maybe yeah four days and then maybe finish with the weakest body part, then start the load from there. But in terms of nutrition, which is which is a bit different, I would usually do like a fat load so fats and protein only zero carbohydrates mm. to so basically you need to fill intramuscular triglyceride stores up because mm. they're two you've got two forms of stores that you can put within you basically you've got glycogen stores and you've got your intramuscular triglycerides so you can only store that with your fats now 
you can load carbs and fats at the same time like a junk load, but it's probably not going to work amazingly unless you're a super, super tall, super lanky person with a ridiculous metabolism that just rips through food and wakes up flat no matter what they do. Um, that's probably the only time a junk load is going to work, and that works very, very differently. But what you would do with a fat load is you would do work out the maintenance roughly of what you would be eat, normally eating to maintain the body weight you are currently at. Put a t- about 5% less calories in than that normally on mm. fats and protein only so sometimes this actually sounds ridiculous but sometimes you might end up needing to eat about 200 grams of fat and about 160 170 grams of protein 180 grams of protein per day so that sounds ridiculous but like some blokes like if i've got super heavyweight bodybuilder he could be yeah. eating 300 grams he could be eating 300 grams of fat per day yeah. so that, and that's fucking mad so you yeah. need to make sure that the stomach's used to fats going into the diet so if you take all fats out completely you're going to have a bad time when you start trying to do the load which is why you would start a little bit lower than you normally should do so you do that see how they look see how they weigh see how they feel see how their guts are go do it do it again on the next day on the tuesday and then same again on the wednesday now the reason that that might seem like excessive where you're going to spill but you can't spill from eating fat it doesn't retain fluid you cannot physically retain fluid from it it's impossible um and as long as you're keeping your expenditure very similar to what you'd be doing keep your cardio the same duration but reduce the intensity you're pretty good to go um so if you've been doing stairmaster 40 minutes a day i would pull back to like like maybe 30 minutes and just do an incline walk on a treadmill but like slow um and then you know because you don't want to be putting loads of like fluid through your legs or anything at that point really or inflammation then when you finish that so you do all your training sessions like that then you would start your carb load on that final one start with an intro workout drink start slowly tweaking and adjusting carbs over the course of the day based on how they're feeling if they once they've done that first day see how they look on the second day if they can do a bit more loading and carry on loading them towards the middle of the day and then swap over to a um once that's done, once the load's finished, swap them over to a protein and fat only approach. So very small amounts of fat and a good amount of protein because you need to at some point start drying them. You can't dry them out. Yeah. Like if you go, oh yeah, you're, you're full now. Now we just need to dry you out. Well, once they're full, don't carry on putting carbs in them. Just swap over to protein and fat. So just slowly trickle that in. And then once that's done, then you can start playing around with water and stuff. So you probably want to pull sodium at some point towards the evening. You probably want to pull water at some point towards the evening as well. Probably best not to overlap them and do them at the same time. Probably best to pull the, pull the sodium first, carry on drinking, then pull the water. Um, and then obviously at that point, then you would, you would see how they look on the day of the show and basically adjust because at that point they should be dry. They should be as full as they're going to be. And if they're not doing any exercise or moving around, they should stay yeah. nice and full. If they are a bit flat, it's fine. You can just put in some sugars and some carbohydrates and whatever. If they are super, super flat, then yeah, you're going to probably need some fats in there too, as well, alongside those carbs to stop everything just fucking flying away. Yeah. But if they look on point, you can probably just eat a small amount of protein on the day and just keep them good. As long as they can pump up backstage, that's all you need to be able to do. You don't want to wake up bursting full. You don't want to be wake up and go, okay, fuck me, I look massive. I'm like ready to rock. <laughs> because you're gonna because if you carry on eating, you're just gonna fucking spill by the time you get to stage. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's one of those things. So that's basically how I do it with nutrition. In terms of sodium water, I don't load water throughout the week. It doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um the only time water manipulations work is when you to create diuresis is when you utilize it right before so so the day so the the, the day before the show mm-hmm. if you say you get to like four say you're on stage at 4 p.m right you want to load probably and you drink about six liters of water in a day drink normally throughout the day the day before the show are you talking about stage are you talking about show day no, the day before. Yeah, yeah. So the day, so the day, so the day before the show, you probably drink normally all the yeah. way through the day. Yeah. Then you get in the evening, you're load in one yeah. go in the space of an hour about. Yeah. 
three litres of water, maybe more, knock the water on the head there and then, stop. Like, as soon as you stop, just stop straight there. Yeah. And then you should carry on pissing like an absolute racehorse all the way through the evening because you've created diuresis. Of course. And then the day of the show, just minimal sips of water to tide you over. Also, caffeine the day before increased a little bit, espressos and stuff like that, um, vitamin C, maybe some dandelion root extracts, and then go from there. If you do that, you eliminate the need to use diuretics like diazide or Lasix or Aldactone. You don't need them. And, and those are those are fucking flip a coin and see what lands sort of thing. They, sometimes they fucking don't work. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? It's something that I really need to learn a little bit more. So that was so interesting, like the water loading. I've not been at that level at that point you know, where I really had to utilise it to, to get the best. But, but, and the thing is as well, so on. one thing I, one thing I will say, Michelle, for, for, you, for your mm -hmm. clients as well, yeah. you, if, if you followed a similar sort of approach for that, for a trial peak for one of your clients, right, similar sort of approach, okay, what you will end up getting to is you'll realise that bikini girls don't need massive, yeah. massive tweaks like that. Like, yeah. you know what I said about fat loading with about 5% yeah. of what they would normally, 5% uh, less calories than what they would need to be on maintenance. You would probably be looking at 20% less than what they would normally eat to stay at maintenance because it's probably better for them at that point not to make mm -hmm. crazy, crazy adjustments. Then when you get to carb loading, you don't want to go too heavy. You want to yeah. be nice and controlled, nice and steady. With water loading, you probably wouldn't even need to do that in the evening. No, you, that, that, that. that bodybuilder's like, bikini girls yeah. keep up nice and steady. A little bit of adjustments, but yeah. nothing ridiculous. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that because that's exactly what I was going to say. That most of most of mine are bikini girls, or you know, so I've not been at that point about work, working with water load and sodium. But it's not that I don't know about it, and I'm not interested. I'm so I want to know about it. It's just that yeah. there would be no point me putting it in. You know, I've not <laughs> I've not practiced that myself. You want one, firstly, pra firstly practice it. Secondly, like with a girl. Secondly, yeah. it would only work for girls who are on the bigger end. So trained bikini, maybe yeah. you would need to play around with it. But or or a toned figure girl, maybe a slight adjustments like that. But even even for a toned figure girl, I probably wouldn't do crazy things. Like when you start getting to a male bodybuilder or yeah. a female like trained figure, women's physique, female bodybuilder, that's when things like that can be really, really useful because they are going to change the overall look of an enormous, massively muscular physique. Whereas a bikini girl, you just need to be relatively full and not not be flat on stage. Make sure your delts are nice and pumped up and don't blow your gut out. Like that's yeah. it. Like nice midsection I control. Mean, yeah, it's such a it's such a fine line, isn't it, with the bikini? Like I remember going out when God last time we stepped on stage, 2019, which is a shame. But I remember going out there and I was untouched for the week. I was like, "Are you joking me? I, I'm not going to have a peak week." And I was sent out actually untouched because I looked perfect. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I was full. Yeah. I was. And, and how did you? How did you do? Uh, I got fourth, didn't I? At the Brits. At the Brits, yeah. Yeah, which is which is which is ridiculously good, which is fantastic. So, and it just showed. But but would a peak, so, but thank no, you, but, Tom. But, but, Michelle, but would a peak would a peak have got you to third, or was the would a peak have got you to first? Would a peak have got you to first place? Um, possibly no. not. No, no, because no. I was I, I kept my my condition was unreal. I would say personally, I'm obviously biased, but my condition was the best there. I was yeah. lacking in my lower half with yeah. my quads. And, and whoever the girl was, if they picked that, then it wasn't the case of the fact that you ate, you know, you didn't eat yeah. as many grams of carbs the day before. It was Absolutely. a case of genetically, she was more predisposed to have a shape that they wanted to look at at that period of time. Absolutely. That is simply it. If yeah. you were in condition and you nailed every variable you could nail, then the only work that you needed to do from there onwards would be your off-season, surely. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There exactly. you go. Then. So, no, no, so, I was from an athlete's point of view, when you're absolutely hanked, you're like, you look forward to your peak week, don't you? And you're like, 
you're not getting, I'm not getting anything. I think I was on something ridiculous. Like, I don't want to say this, but yeah, I will. I was, I ended up, I think on 1200 because I had, I went, I'd went done my regional show at Manchester five weeks previous and I needed to bring the glutes in more. So we yeah. went scary, you know, and it's not, as you know, it's not practiced long-term that amount of calories, yeah. but you know, that's what I had to go. I had to dig deep. So at that point, I was like, oh, another week of this, Jesus Christ. You know, you, you do it though, don't you? And you, you know, you get- yeah, that's, that's not that's not the worst I've heard in terms of calories. Like people have gone way, way, way more psychopathic than that. I've, uh, one of my buddies, Lewis, was um, he had rebounded from a show pretty horrendously, like put on like a stone and a half in like mm-hmm. a week or something or a week and a bit. Um, and he had done men's physique and like UKUP, all of those sorts of shows. And then he was like, then he got invited to go do like the Miami Pro or something or, or whatever it was. And then going to like compete with like the top lot and all of that. And he was like, oh, well, I've just come off my diet. Like I don't, it's three weeks away, no, two weeks away. I, I'm out of shape. Like I, there's no, I don't really think I can pull it in. And he he, <laughs> he went and spoke to my, two of my buddies, um, uh, Jay uh, and Kig, who run, a, run gyms near me in Worcester. And they had, he, they said to him, it's like, look, you're just going to have to, you're just going to have to go fucking mental. Yeah. Like, and he, so what he did, no cardio at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, just went for walks in between, you know, in between sort of working shifts and stuff. He sat in an office where there was no food, no distractions, no whatever. And he did one day he would eat 200, no, 300 mil, mil, milliliters of egg whites only for the day with green veggies, one meal. And the next day, and then the next day he would fast. And then the next day it was egg whites. Next day was fast. Next day, egg whites. So we did that every other day for like eight days or something um, and ended up dropping all of that weight. And I swear to God, I've never seen anyone's change so fucking much in such, such a short really? space of time. He looked insane on the day. He didn't calm up. He didn't do anything because he was still holding all of this fullness from that from that rebound. And he looked absolutely dry as fuck. Like just separated from head to toe. His waist was tiny. He ate like he ate some Haribo or something like 30 minutes before he went on stage and that was it. And he just honestly like he was... Get his skinny. veins out. But, that, but that, you're right. But that's yeah. basically all he had to do because he had rebounded so hard. So when people go low with food and stuff, yes, it's ridiculous. And let's, yes, we look at it going, what the fuck are you doing? But this is bodybuilding. Like, you know, you, you can either be healthy and be a fitness individual going to CrossFit and, you know, cr- uh, you know, triathlons and swimming and cycling, whatever, and just be a fit individual and eat well. Or you can be a bodybuilder and realize that this is not fitness. This is looking a certain way. There is yeah. two different sides to this, this sport. To all the time, aren't we? Really it's, it's a physique sport it's not a. it's yeah. not a um yeah yeah no no it's dead interesting isn't it you see just i love what people do and the, the different methods it's all bro science i think that was like 400 calories i think it was like 300 300 calories a day or something like that 350 calories a day one day of eating one day not eating one day of eating and it was just like only 10 days but fucking hell like it's just, it's just insane yeah <sighs> so i think we've got a couple of more questions um i wanted to ask because it just keeps flagging up i think it's seems to be the some i don't know the what we're learning about recently the coaches nutrition timing yeah um you know some coaches have different views on it some some coaches don't really listen to it or Mm. practice it so you know i've been learning a lot recently about it and you know relaying that to my clients of course um, I'm doing it myself as well, practicing myself. So now I'm getting more calories. <laughs> now I'm going into my off season. I kind of can do nutrition timing. <laughs> um, what's your take on it? Do you do you encourage your clients to do nutrition timing? So if they are in their off season mm-hmm. and they are on a set plan, a lot. 
a lot of the time, yeah, we, we like, we, yeah, prep, prep as well. Yeah, we will have time food around the training session. So majority of the carbohydrates will be around it. So pre, intra and post. And as we start to take away food in a prep, we'll start pulling away from other meals rather than those meals. I'll keep the carbohydrates around those. So I'll keep them in the pre, I'll keep them intra and I'll keep them in the post. Later down the line, when we need to start yoinking them out, we'll take them from the pre-meal, okay? Then we'll start taking them from the intra-meal and then we'll start taking them from the post-meal to finish. That's the last thing I'd want to touch would be that post-workout meal. When you start pulling away completely and everything mm -hmm. goes, you're in a bit of a hole there and that's probably somewhere where you need to creep out of. Um, but in terms of when people do like a macro setup plan where they just eat a certain amount of calories, it off okay, off season, it doesn't matter as much because you're eating a substantial amount of food over the course of the day. You're in a surplus, right? You're good. You're running on the food you've eaten the day before. You're running on the food you've eaten the day before. If you get up in the morning, right, you don't need to lie in bed, eat a meal to be able to get out of bed, do you? Like you just get out of bed because you're running on the food that was in yesterday so people can you can train fasted you can go and throw weights around fasted some people actually prefer it you can go and train fasted and start your day with your intra workout drink and that'll be the first thing that you have whilst you're training right now going from there from that point when you start um when you start like obviously eating and everything like that you do you, you, any glycogen stores that were going to be in a bit depleted or run down they're going to fill up fucking instantly as soon as you start eating it's going to be one of the first things that goes straight to so it doesn't it does it doesn't matter too much when you're in an off season on a prep simply for performance perspective recovery perspective it is really really useful yeah so you know like um like one thing i actually did ages ago was to just test for myself to test the efficacy and like the efficiency of of a um pre intra and post protocol i did the same thing every single day pre intra and post and my intra workout drink you'll love this uh, i got it up to 300 grams of carbs intra workout oh my god um, so wow. i was using i was using cyclic dextrin dextrose and mm -hmm. um and like a maltodextrin powder like i would do a combination of the two then i would do essential amino acids um sugar-free squash um a little bit of um low salt like electrolyte powder um, I would do that, uh, and then creatine as well. And, I, and then my, so my intro workout was about 300 grams of carb um, with about 10, 12, 15 grams of protein in it from the creatine and from the EAAs and all that shit. Then pre would always be something easy digesting about 45 minutes to an hour before I train. So I'd usually do like yeah. 30 grams away, 40 grams away, and do like a muffin with it or something, or like a cookie, a couple of cookies, whatever, something easy. That just, that's just digest pretty well for me. Yeah. Then my post-workout the post meal, I would always try and get in around about like I would always try and get around about sort of 250 grams of carbs in um, from like simple stuff like cereals and whey, I just have whey protein again, cereals and bagels and jam and all that sort of shit, like whatever, um, you know, um, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe like a low fat rice pudding as well. And just put jam in with that and some honey and just something easy to eat and just sit there and you can just get it down. So that was my main sort of setup, but all around that food wise, I would eat whatever the fuck I wanted. I like, even if I was not eating very much because I was doing work all day, I would always make sure I got that pre uh, interim post protocol. And I noticed that my recovery was a lot better. Right. So my recovery in between my sessions. So I think that definitely says something in terms of your recovery in a, in a prep. Like if you are eating minimal amounts of food, but you're still having majority of your carbs and your calories around your workout window you're probably going to recover better you're probably going to train better and you're probably going to be feeling better especially towards the back end of the prep so yeah i totally agree i've been practicing that myself um and definitely with my clients as well but like you say it's not always i think that's what it is and i think that's why some coaches maybe don't do it because it's got a, it's got its place but i would definitely agree with everything that you've just said
like to the team. It's, like, more, it's more it's more useful around that yeah. three with fear. But off like like off season, if you are just eating a certain amount of to be fair, when your calories get up super fucking high, you're probably eating the same amount of calories per meal all the way through the day anyway. So it doesn't really matter because you, yeah. whatever you eat pre and post is still pre and post. It's roughly the same as what you're going to eat at any point, really. Um, I would just one thing I am quite big on is not plunking in a huge amount of fat post workout because yeah. it's not great for your digestion once you've just because because when you when you um, push that sort of way with your with your nervous system after a training session, your CNS goes a bit of a funny pattern. So it's probably not great to put in a bunch of fat because your digestion could be compromised a little bit. It's probably best to just chill, let yourself rest and digest, and then mm. actually be able to process the foods that you're eating. Because yeah, you, yeah. your carbs, carbs are digested at about like what, like one point one grams per minute. Mm-hmm. So you know when you when you see <laughs> this makes me laugh. Like when you see people putting like, like, like oh, eat sixty grams of carbs before you go on stage, like thirty minutes before, and I'm like, so they're only going to get like what, like ten of that because half of it will be digested, and then it's actually going to be absorbed later down the line. What the fuck is that going to do apart from make them all bloated? Like, just ch- chill on the food. Like, you know, it's, right. it's great that you've just said that. So, what? Let's just revisit that then, because I, I actually wasn't aware of that. So, it's one minute per gram to digest. Uh, one point, yeah, one point one grams uh, is digested. Uh, uh, yeah, per minute. So it's the rate. So, one, but remember, that's that's digested. That's still not absorbed. Yeah, that's so not in. That, to, no, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which, is, which is why, which is why sometimes the the whole like. Um, when I see people doing it backstage, like, yeah, you should probably eat some carbs before you go on stage. Maybe like 30 gram of carb about an hour before, maybe, maybe you know, and reintroduce some sodium at that point as well so that you can actually partition it. Because you need sodium, you need potassium, you need glucose, you need water all in one go to actually get a pump. You need those two to travel so that you've got sliding filament and all that shit. But you basically need it. So when you when you see people like you have to reintroduce sodium at some point, you know, when people pull sodium, don't drink, eat any salt, any meals and stuff on the day of the show. And they pump up backstage and like, I can't get a pump. What's going on? And it's like, yeah, because you've fucking got no salt, mate. Like, you need electrolytes. Like, your body needs that. That's why. That's why people cramp on stage. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you need all of that. I'm really an absolute bugger for that, Tom. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I've been in so much pain. Like, it's always my calves. Even when I'm standing in the wings, ready to go on. Oh, my calves, and then I've got to try and pose and. I mean, absolutely. I can even get off. I actually can't move. <laughs> don't, don't don't think your shoes help anymore, do they? Like, no. Luckily, we don't have to wear high heels. Yeah, exactly. So you should try. You know, <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what other questions did you want to go? So I wanted to speak about um, cheat meals, free meals, whatever you whatever you do. You know, yeah. everybody loves to talk about cheat meals because they just love yep. food. So, like, I you know. How would you approach that, and what's your common trait with with cheat meals? For 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 a bodybuilding prep or for an off season? Yeah, you know, just in general. So so for let's go with the you know someone on prep, you know someone in a in a calorie deficit. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't do them. I don't do them at all. I don't right. do them. Um, but I, I don't do them on a prep because it, at the end, realistically, if you think about it, okay, so so I don't do them is a broad term, but I also do them very fucking occasionally when they are desperately needed so if someone is in condition Mm -hmm. at three weeks out from a show and they are fucking like ready to go and i'm like well you're gonna go stringy if we carry on then we'll do something like a control one but i'll tell them what to eat i'll be like look just go eat like a burger and fries like take your last two meals out for it 
and then let's just see how you look over the next like five days and if they go mm. yeah i've dropped another kilo i'm like oh shit okay so then we just look at a baseline of food and we just start pushing their baseline of food back up so like their normal daily diet and their non-training day and the training day diet will play around with but usually i only use them in the last few weeks when they are actually needed to mm. stop someone getting too far gone in an off season, it's off season two times once once a week, two times a week. If they are really struggling to gain weight, we'll actually put them in a little bit more frequently. But on the actual prep itself, we don't. I, I just don't bother with them. There's just no point. Like you, you, you're taking them out of a caloric deficit um, for simply no real reason. Like mentally, if they need them, that's fine. But you're probably, and that's fine if they want to do that. But they're probably not going to be able to get into the condition that they want to get into. Uh, in the time scale that they want to get into because you know if you if you think about it realistically adding in 2000 calories in one go you know a domino's pizza is 2400 calories wow so so if you've dieted all week right and a pound of fat is 3500 or 3600 right mm-hmm. if you you take off that, that pound if you drop one pound in a week and then you go and eat a domino's pizza well firstly you're going to weigh a shit ton more the next day because of all the sodium and all of that and it's a big dump of calories then that's going to the overall balance yeah you have eaten you know yeah. less in that week but you've also just put in one third of that week's work in one meal like you've literally just eaten the entire one third of your work that you've done if you drop two pounds or three pounds or four pounds or whatever in a week then yeah maybe it's not going to touch you as badly but mm-hmm. why would you want to like fuck like that much work when you can get you can like put them in like and they'll make you look fucking ridiculous once you've eaten them like i know when i've eaten like shit food like i've looked at myself when i'm when i'm like ripped to fuck i'm like okay cool i actually look really good but it's it's one of those things like you know as a bodybuilder you're my, like i'm known for my conditioning with my clients really like that's mm-hmm. the one thing like I, I like i don't really let anyone get stuff on stage if they're fat like so I, I need to uphold that and then they need to realize that this is temporary and there's plenty of time after the show to eat nice tasting food like once they're done with the show they can eat junk food for every single meal for the rest of their lives if they truly wanted to but it, it, you know um like one of my buddies actually joe i think it's joe might have been joe he said to me the other day that one of his he sent us a message about one of his clients saying he oh, i've been in a deficit now for seven weeks or something i think i need a week off and i'm like i looked at it and i'm like I'm so glad that my clients do this and send me this because I would have just ripped them apart. I would have been like, what are you fucking on about? Like, you're going for a bodybuilding shit. Like, this guy's dieting for like a comp. Like, what a fucking pussy. Like, yeah, yeah. like I'm sorry, yeah. but like, okay. Do you, I mean, do you know Christian? Do you know Christian Chapman? I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So it's Joe's client. So he dieted for 23 weeks, solid. No refeeds, no cheats, no nothing, no whatever. Just changed, Joe just changed his food around as needed. Okay, I think he might have done a refeed, I can't remember. He had, like, literally, like, he's one of the most peeled bodybuilders I've ever seen on stage. His glutes looked like fucking, they looked like Kit Kat bars strapped to his ass. Like, it was insane. He was absolutely peeled. And he he ended up walking off, um, walking off, I think he got third in his class, but he was still like the most conditioned. The other dude beat him, uh, the guy, second was a bit funny, but the guy who won who was 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 just a freak. Um, but yeah, like if you want to do it, you want to do it. So just suck it up and suck it up, buttercup. Like this is this is bodybuilding, you know. You can you can have a macro-based diet where you can sort of facilitate sort of like little bits and bobs of cravings that you've got in there. Mm. And that's fine. Like that's perfectly cool. But don't start like going on about oh, I want to eat fucking 3,000 calories of junk because I'm a bit tired out. And it's like, okay, well, you know, everyone, everyone is, dude. Like do it, do it or don't. Bodybuilding might not be for you. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. Like 
you know I don't dish them out willy-nilly neither and mm. and that is that is bodybuilding you're in a calorie deficit and we're, we're on a mission and you know if we do that like you've just said on the table is going to be the x amount of calories that you know for what reason yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, yeah, and there is no reason. You like you, you know, when we talk about refeed, it's like metabolic adaptation. So you do it so that the body yeah. com, comes out of a deficit for a period of time, then you bring it back into it. Yeah, that that's different. That yeah. works, and that is a good, that is useful, but that is overplayed a lot of the time as well because in a trained individual, so bodybuilding individual, it isn't, um, it doesn't really have the same sort of effect. So um you can use them but sometimes two-day refeeds are a little bit better than one and it, again they're only really needed when they're super super dug in like yeah. if you're like fucked at the end of it like you're six weeks out and you're like okay my body's not shifting time for a refeed and then let's dive back in a little bit harder and see what we can do yeah that's exactly um, what i do and it yeah, works cool. every time and yeah. that's why i always encourage my clients because it's nothing better than a refeed than something for me a cheap meal is wasted it's just because you, it's more of a want and it's yeah. than a need. So taste, tastes good for 30 seconds. And then you're like, what the fuck am I doing? And like, then exactly. And then after you've just got to deal with the misery when the, you know, oh my God, I look like this. And yeah, it's taken, it's taken five days to get this weight back off. And it's like, yeah. like doing a refeed. Cool. Sure. Doing a refeed, like a, like a clean carb. So, okay. So, you know, say, say uh, again, uh, let's, okay. So for example, um, Sarah, like, you know, the female competitor yeah. I've got. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's pretty good. Um, so I'm going to go did, over your Instagram in a minute, your profile, so you can explain some because it's yeah. it's amazing. Oh uh, yeah, go on, go ahead if you want. Yeah, yeah, no, go on, go go forward, go. So, 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 so well, we did a refeed the other day because she's ready, like mm -hmm. she's ready to go. So we did a day of carbon up, and she sent me pictures at the end of it, and I was like, cool, like that's pretty fucking ridiculous. Um, and we literally just said like, okay, that's that's good. At least we know now as a as a trial carb up how many carbs we can get away with and what makes you look your best. And she looked really good the next day. So I was like, cool. We've, we've essentially done a trial carb up and we know what we can work with from here. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, I totally agree with you, Tom. That's what I do. Like use it to your advantage for you as the coach and the athlete because you learn so much in that period through a refeed and it's cleaner. And then it's, it's actually, it's the science with it, isn't it? That you're going to yeah. see. So I'll share my screen and we'll go over, we'll head over and we'll see, we'll see Sarah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, okay, ready. Um, head on the page. She is honestly amazing. When when you post it, I'm like, oh my God. How long, how long she worked with you for? Uh... Uh, it's coming up to three years uh, on the 20, 26th. I think it'll be three years that we've worked together, something like that. Isn't it fantastic when you can work with someone for that long time? Because you can learn so much about them, isn't it? I, I, know, I think I know. I think I know her body like the back of my hand. Like I know what it's going to do. I know that by the time we get to Wednesday, she's going to be back down to about fifty nine point seven, fifty nine point six kg. So because we've just dug in a little bit, we we did um we did some extra food last night, and then we're just going to push in now. Uh, until Wednesday, I'm going to see her in person. So, yeah. Wow. So she, she, she weighed in at 62 point whatever this morning, 62 point summit. But yeah, yeah, that's that's the first that's photo she ever sent me. Yeah. That is just unbelievable. And you know what? I, I almost shed a tear when I read what you actually put because, you know, I just I really relate with you as a coach and I, I see you're passionate and you, you love working with people. But 
Yeah. I seen that too, like, and it was so nice to hear from the heart. Like, you know, it wasn't a bodybuilder. She's, she's one of no, she's not just she's not just a client. Though. She's one of my closest friends. Like, I've I've known her for 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 a long time, coming on about mm -hmm. six years. But mm -hmm. we started working together, obviously, for this. And it, it, her work ethic is she is. I always say this: she is the perfect storm for bodybuilding. There is work ethic that is just fucking no one's even close like i like half my male bodybuilders going for pro cards like they could learn a thing or two from her like yeah you know there's there there is this is what is i am doing today and this is how it will be um you know her training she trains like a nut job she trains super hard super you know super strong she's got amazing genetics for the sport and she's also willing to do whatever it wow. takes to actually get where she needs to get so she, yeah. she will work hard for it um and she trusts me as well which is great like anything i'd say like Sarah, we need to do this for this reason. She's like, cool, I'll, I'll do it. Like, you know, just get on with it. Um, but yeah, like... Next Tom, isn't it? You know, you've both and, got that mutual respect. To, to, to for, for people looking at that and going, bloody hell, that's a lot of, you know, gains and whatever that must be from X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, I'm not going to talk about that, but <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's, just, let's just say this. Far, far less than you would imagine. Yeah. Far, far less than you would imagine. Like, when, like literally... I was I would say um, in that entire three years, maybe in total a year of time mm. actually being on, mm. and then the major and then the other two being off in, in the actual grand scheme, a lot of time off because it's just not needed when you've got genetics like that and you work that hard. You just don't need to fucking Mess put yourself up. through through. No, you don't need to take yeah. a piss. You don't need to take a piss. But yeah, there is like literally like so low, like so fucking low, like just. Barely anything is on most of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be absolutely incredible to watch her journey. And I'm well, she's she's competing in, in on the fourth of July, and she's up against them. Mm -hmm. um, two, there's two women's physique competitors in her class who are good. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, honestly, I, I can't see them beating her because no one's going to bring that conditioning. If they do, then fair play. Like fuck me, like I, I misjudged them, but I, I can't see I can't see that happening. Which show um, is she going to be at, Tom? Two bros, uh, yeah. two bros. Uh, the, amazing. Uh, two bros july the la familia and then we'll do the british after that my main concern is that if she if she well, when she beats them at this one um i don't know if they're going to carry on to do the brits so there has to be four girls in the class in the actual whole category for her right. to turn pro right so i don't if if, she, if they get beat like i don't know if they'd carry on Mm -hmm. I don't know if they'd go, oh, well, fuck it, I can't win my card this year then. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and then she's not going to get a chance. That's the only concern I really have, but we will see. Yeah, we'll see. that is going to be difficult. That's what, I'll be honest, it's so difficult at the minute for all of us and, you know, for athletes and coaches. Putting... Yeah. I mean, for, for figure and stuff like that this year, like, you, luckily the two bros girls, they should they should be okay. Like, um, Sophie, who's doing it, sh should really okay mm -hmm. um sophie um jenkins uh she's um christian's um mrs she's really really tall figure girl she's really really good um yeah. she should be Blonde. she should be okay Blonde. because there'll be enough in her class but that's yeah. but the next class up being women's physique we are slightly concerned that there's not going to be enough competitors because you need four to turn pro so right it's, okay. called, it's considered like a non-contest if there's only three girls mm -hmm. like like if there's one in class a one in class b one in class c and right. they go up against each other oh you've won the overall you are the british champion but you don't turn pro like it's a like you yeah. know 16 16 18 weeks worth of work for that it's a bit i was nice gonna well. say zara does not deserve that really and you're we'll just go abroad and just we'll just go abroad happy with that by the sounds of it because she sounds like she's so competitive which is amazing 
like ridiculously yeah like yeah, yeah. which is why she's good but yeah that's it is there, have you any other questions you wanted to go over I haven't no um I mean if you want to bring anything up you know I'm, I'd like to revisit another episode definitely to yeah. talk about enhanced uh, athletes and we'll talk about drugs and let's yeah. get yeah, let's, yeah, that, yeah, that's too big of a topic to discuss in one yeah, sort of course. Really but we, we can certainly talk about that next time. That'd be really cool, Michelle. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think it will be. And do you know what? My my aim really is to educate some female bikini athletes because, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there and a lot of people that don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's definitely something that we can talk about on another episode mm-hmm. because it's it's a scary fucking world the the, the, the drug things that, that come out. Not not j- bikini girls. Yeah, you start looking at it going, okay, like you you really, like you need to be yeah. fucking careful. Um, yeah. The one like so obviously the, the main things that I think that we, we, we would be really good if you wanted to talk about it next time mm-hmm. would be like, um, okay, so like eating disorders for for yeah. girls, yeah. the susceptibility of it, and the, basically the bodybuilding world being like. Um, Oh, have you got an eating disorder? No. Do you want one? Like, it's like, do you know what I mean? Um, so I that's something to be careful with. Yeah. Um, it's our duty as coaches, really, as you know, the top ranking coaches, you pull us before. Well, I, I, yeah, I had to pull the, I had to pull the plug on her girls. I had to pull the plug on her girls prep because she started binging. And I was like, look, if we keep going, you're going to end up with something that's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Like, it's time to pull the plug and let's just get you into an off season, a macro setup so you can control mm-hmm. what you eat on a daily basis and just explain how, like, how much in control she needs to be of the food there and what she does and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and, and basically just, just live like that. Um, but then the, uh, yeah, I think PEDs, especially for women fat burners, um, understanding what's safe and what's not, yeah. talking about what, what compounds are going to be effective and useful and what's not to be taken oh, wow. lightly. Yeah. Not, and what and what you yeah. shouldn't just consider as taking lightly. Things like that, we can certainly go over for sure, for sure. Yeah, let's do that on the next one. I'm desperate to hear what you know, what you've practiced and what, what you know as well. And, and just to get that awareness out there for... Yeah, and it's a lot, it's a lot different to the, to the standard uh, in the mm-hmm. gym sort of. That'll be fine, just do that. Because I, I, I've, I've heard some really, really disgusting stuff lately, like uh, a, a male coach whose name I won't name um, for fear of his embarrassment, but uh, <laughs> uh, putting, putting, he's a nutcase, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 50 milligrams of Anavar per day for a woman right. from, from day one, 50 like a full 50 milligram tablet for first week of dieting um right. 18 weeks out 18 weeks out from the show next week uh checked in hadn't really tightened up much hadn't really done much you know lost much weight mm. whatever okay cool let's do 100 milligram a day oh yeah. my god tom yeah, yeah. seriously my heart no, yeah I, I, when, I, when i saw it when i saw this guy explained it to me and like whatever i was like I was like, hold, I like saw the messages and stuff. I was wow. like, this is this is like really worrying. Like that's that's a man who's got eighty clients, like a hundred clients. Like that's someone who's like allowed to look after a woman's health, and she pays him to fucking do, like that. Was like, oh my god, like okay. And luckily, he this my, my friend of mine got in there and was like, okay. I'm going to look after you for free and you're going to come to me and you're not going to end up with a chin the size of a fucking anvil by the time you're 30. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so off you come. Like, honestly, very scary. Very scary. Uh, yeah, it's really, yeah, exactly. And this is why it's it's really good that we can just speak about it freely. <clears throat> I'm quite ha- happy to open up about some of my experiences and, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's it's, it's a long topic and I can really delve in, but we'll yeah, definitely cover that another time. Um, what, yeah. Maybe like, what, like a two weeks away, something like that? Yeah, let's go every, yeah, let's go two weeks and then we can just catch up there. Um, so yeah. just to that end then, I want you to, I know I've just displayed your, where people can find you on Instagram, 
but is that yeah. your main source that you know yeah so so in terms of in terms of coaching at the moment um, i am i am fully booked mm. up but what i do is at the first of every month if mm. anyone has left if anyone has finished with their shows and they only work with me for a prep um, if anyone has done any of that stuff then the spaces then become available um so i end up i am on 80 at the moment um mm. i have uh got people already waiting in line to start but i have a waiting list so if anyone wants to get in contact with me regarding contest prep um i only train competitors i do not do any mm. lifestyle anymore unfortunately so michelle would be much better suited for you for lifestyle um or you know you know or if you're a bloke or whatever any any uh, there's a few guys that i could recommend um but in regards to contest prep if you are looking to compete i am i am available um at some points in time <laughs> and yeah um you can find me at evolution training uh, my yeah. website's on there my link tree the whole lot yeah just amazing time it's been an absolute pleasure having you on coach off the call thank you very much michelle can't wait to bring you back on. So thanks for your time and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Welcome. Speak to you soon.